Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Coming to you from both sides of Gitmo Nation, this is No Agenda for Sunday, February 22nd, 2009. This is No Agenda. From Gitmo Nation East in southwest London, safe and secure in the Crackpot Command Center. I'm Adam Curry. And I'm John C. Dvorak. Oh, give me a little more than that. Well, that's it. But aren't you, don't you have a location? I am in northern Silicon Valley in the Gitmo Nation. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> You're supposed to fill it up, man. <laughs> you got to give me a rehearsal on this crazy thing. <laughs> I still, st- <laughs> it still sounds like, I don't know, where is this? Is this the cue? I don't know. Let me just throw something in. After I say I'm Adam Curry, then you're supposed to say from uh, Northern Yeah, California. no, I got that part. I mean, I mean, I hit it, but I didn't hit, you know, whatever. Okay. Well, I get it right. Let's do, you want to do it again? No, no, no. I'm no. good. I'm good. I'm good. We'll That's... we'll do better next week. It'll be a surprise, and we'll have to change it a little bit every single time. So you are in uh, the absolute northwestern uh, corner of Gitmo Nation today. Yeah, this is northern, northern Gitmo Nation, Silicon Valley. This uh, this is actually Silicon Valley Northeast, Microsoft country. Oh, that's true. It is Microsoft country, yeah, up in uh, the Dvorak uh, compound. Exactly. (laughs) Well, John. So what's been happening with you? We're just up here freezing to death and... Yeah. Not much going on. We had so. beautiful, absolutely stunning weather yesterday here and on the continent, and um, my aircraft is due for its annual in March, so I decided to fly it over to Antwerp. And it was great. I hadn't, I hadn't flown in four months, so it was really, uh, it was fun. What's well, in Antwerp? Oh, a- Antwerp is where my uh, my flight instructor and mechanic has his hangar. Oh, did you, did you leave the plane behind? Yeah, well, so what you do is I fly over... And then uh, pick up uh, either my um, instructor slash mechanic, and he'll fly back. Or some, if he's busy, then he'll have some other pilot, and then they'll he'll fly back with me. And then I'll be back in the UK. Then he takes the plane back. And you did that? Yeah, yeah. So I flew back and forth. It was beautiful. Uh, Fifty five hundred feet all the way. It was just fantastic. It was really, really nice. I don't, I don't pre-announce anymore when I'm going flying for some obvious reasons. <laughs> Well, you're a paranoid freak. So, uh. <laughs> and I love you too, honey. <laughs> but, uh, the, uh, you still have to file flight plans. It wouldn't take that much to, um, figure out what's going on if somebody wanted to, uh, well, yeah, damage you. Yeah, if you want to zap me out of the sky, but, you know, it gives a little less preparation time for some actual, uh, sabotage. So if you're uh, uh, if you're flying at fifty five hundred feet, which is a really low, uh, you know, relatively low altitude, mm-hmm. uh, are your does your plane have uh, uh, it has plastic windows? I'm sure, but are they clear enough to take photos out of? Is it a good plane to take pictures from? It's actually an excellent plane to take pictures out of because it's a high wing. So um, all all the windows all around, you have complete clear view down to the ground. It's a fantastic plane for that. Yeah. Is it? But is it a cloudy old, you know, kind of uh, scratched up window <laughs> with with some graffiti scratched in it? Is that what it's like? I uh, no. In fact, it's not. <laughs> no, it's a nice aircraft, John, and it has great windows. And it's uh, we can even, if you want, I can even take a door off, and you can just sit there and uh, take pictures, and we can fly around uh, because again, it's a high wing, and you can tilt it so you can have a continuous tilt a- angle. Oh, it's perfect for that stuff. 
Oh, but, okay. But if you really want to take good pictures, uh, a guy I know at the airport has, um, I think, a Seneca, twin Seneca with a hole in the back and a whole mount system. So you can just literally, you know, either uh, kneel or sit or crouch or lay down if you want and stick your lens out through the hole in the bottom. <laughs> Which is yeah, it's the best way to they, they they do it professionally aerial photography that's awesome yeah yeah no I'd love to do that yeah there's another guy there who does uh, imaging they do high I mean super high resolution imaging of um, uh, high voltage wires but mm. I'm but I'm talking super resolution um, yeah they use and, yeah and, and they get every single point you know, there's all these data points and essentially you see a wireframe of what's on the ground of these high tension wires but it's uh, it's all geo mapping it's pretty cool stuff mm. got good toys out there good toys yeah I'd like to do that because I've taken a lot of I've taken a lot of aerial shots now and again but and, and not really set up you know not, not in a plane that's actually set up for it mm. well so oh man that headset it's I'm I'm trying to adjust it. I mean, is would it would it would it be hard to get a duplicate setup in Seattle? I mean, you, you're going to wind up living there eventually full time anyway. You might as well set up the studio properly. Yeah, no, I'm going to do that. Okay, good. The problem is that today with one of the problems today is that the uh, this machine uh, had uh, a couple of those Seagate drives. Yeah. That blew up, and so the machine had to be rebuilt, and one of the uh, the sound port is shot. For some reason, and uh, needs new drivers or something. Mm -hmm. So I'm still. So the machine's not really ready for to be thrown up. So I can't. Yeah. Well, you you sound significantly shittier than normal. Yeah. Well, I'm normally I'm running through a, a four hundred dollar mic and a compressor and a real gear. This is going through a twenty five dollar thing. Noticeably so. Yeah. So a couple of big stories that we didn't talk about on Thursday, which are. Yeah, you because know, we did focus a lot on um, U.S. politics and uh, Obama, and uh, I think we feel we've neglected some other parts of the world. Although this does tie into the states as well. A big story that is there's now action being undertaken online, which I consider to be completely senseless. This um, blackout for New Zealand. Have you been following that? Yeah, apparently uh, the New Zealanders have. Uh, they're going to put some law in place. That's a censorship thing of some sort. And uh, so to, to protest this, uh, the meaningless uh, use of black icons on Twitter, among other, and apparently you're supposed to do it everywhere, has mm -hmm. uh, been encouraged. Uh, this reminds me, if you remember some years ago when they used to have the black websites. Yeah, know? oh, this, this has happened many times in the past 20, 25 years. Yeah. It accomplishes nothing. No, <laughs> yeah, it, it makes it hard to read. <laughs> <laughs> right with the black websites, but uh, these little black icons. I, I, somebody said you're going to put a black icon up, and I answered back, "No, I'll write a column." And you think that's maybe exactly. a better idea? Than, exactly. Than a, oh, thank you, thank you. This, this is, this is a part of um, this new activism. You know, it's like we we feel so satisfied if we've done something. Hey, man, at least I did something. You know, I made my icon black. That'll really change the world. It's the it's the uh, online equivalent of an armband. Yeah, yeah, that's a <laughs> that's you're right, a black armband. We used to have those a lot too back in the seventies. That was a kind of a regular occurrence. Right, that morphed into uh, yellow ribbons. 
and uh, around the old, starting with the old, old oak tree. So you'd have these ribbons around trees. Right, right. And then the little, uh, the little dinky the mini ribbon showed up on the as a as a pin, a lapel pin. Right. Yep. And then and then that morphed into. And then of course AIDS. we got the AIDS ribbon. Yep. Yeah. 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 yeah that yeah. morphed into the AIDS ribbon, and then that morphed into uh, uh, the r- cheap rubber band uh, bracelets. The bracelets, right? Which of course contain I, uh, RFID tracking units. <laughs> were were they that expensive? And um, and then the that started with the yellow one. Of course, yellow seems to be an operative. Maybe we should have yellow uh, icons instead of black. Yeah, that would have made more sense in the in the fractal. But let's let's just and, let's just uh, take a tally here. Um, have we stopped AIDS? Have we stopped war? Have we stopped? Uh... Homelessness. That's Homelessness. Another that's another good one. No, of course not. I agree, John. Please write a great column. Yeah, writing and bitching and making a public scene is is more interesting than passive activity like uh, black icons. I mean, it's nice. To sh- I guess it you know shows solidarity. So what? Anyway, no. what, so what's in the news? What's in the news? Oh man, there's so much in the news. Well, actually, the. Um I was, I was just going to tack on to that and say that it, it's kind of amazing because with every day I see how the Internet is actually functioning in fantastic ways and how the uh, the established elite totally underestimate the power of the Internet. And, and you couldn't see this happening now with Obama. You know, it, it's uh, it's this he's even a part of it with this whole calling out thing of mayors and governors. I'm going to call you out is um, the Internet is basically one big calling out machine. So when you use the Internet and you promise a whole bunch of things, particularly when you promise uh, Internet-related stuff, like um, I'll be Twittering, which, of course, stopped. I think the last time he Twitter, uh, Obama Twittered was after he got elected. Is that right? I mean, even his people aren't Twittering for him? Because he was never really um, Twittering. Uh, what is he? What is, uh, it? is he the real Obama? <laughs> Hold on. <No. laughs> it's just Barack Obama, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Well, I follow him, and I haven't seen anything. So let me just see what uh, what pops up here in my tweet deck. Uh, here, at Barack Obama. Let's see what the last post was. Uh, no, no, the last post was uh, January 19th. There you go. I'm looking at it now. Asking you to honor Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., so, so that's a that's while it. ago. Now, if you do yes, Joe Biden, it's even funnier. Joe Biden literally hasn't Twittered in a year, or his people well, have Well, Joe Biden doesn't even know what Twitter is. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I actually pulled a soundbite. Um, Robert Gibbs, who is the uh, press secretary, started off, and I watch these religiously because it's just great entertainment, people. Please go to C-SPAN, <laughs> C-SPAN.org. It's, the entertainment is there ready for you. And listen to how we started off the uh, uh, the Friday morning press uh, briefing is what it's called, press uh, briefing. It has been amusing this week um, to read the many press releases and Twitter comments on those that uh, found the stimulus on C-SPAN during the vote. Interesting, huh? Hmm. So they're, yeah, they're, mo- they're listening. Yeah, they're monitoring Twitter, obviously, for some reason. <laughs> well, 
this, for, hopefully for the same reason I'm monitoring Twitter. It's, this is how you find out what people are interested in. Well, at least a a a a, a sub segment. I mean, let's be real here. I mean, the average Twitter user is not the average American. Yeah, and and we're actually uh, up here in Port Angeles. We have this is where the average American is. It's one of the t- great test market. One of the good reasons to be here. It's one of the great test markets of um, of the United States. In fact, the Pacific Northwest is generally used as a test market. Seattle is notoriously used by Hollywood as a test market for films. The uh, if films are successful in Seattle, they should be uh, in in testing. They should be successful throughout the country. But this area here. Uh, although I've run into areas that are also the same within the Midwest. I've seen these towns. You can spot them a mile away because they, they test weird stuff. You, you'll find like here they had a McDonald's that had uh, uh, for a while they had a um, self-service uh, counter for adding stuff to the hamburger. So you could buy like a 99 cent cheeseburger and you could load it up with tomatoes and lettuce and you could make it into whatever you wanted. Yeah, that kind of thing. Of course, they, 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 that got swapped out for something other test. And um, so it's an interesting place, and I can I can assure you that the number of Twitter users up here is about eight. <laughs> but they all follow you. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Because I mean, a couple of them I know they do because they're always talking about. It. I went into the deli today. They keep keep tabs on that. Well, you so. know, you bring up an interesting point, and uh, this was accentuated even more. We've been emailing back and forth um, over the past couple of days about the New York Post cartoon. Uh, racism uh, controversy, and um, I, I, you know, and I, I think I even said, "Oh wow, man, I, I don't know if we want to talk about this because it's such a it's such a loaded topic." But it, it all of a sudden it dawned on me that, and it's really sad to have to realize this, that the people do not understand who makes up the law and who makes um, things happen. Because when you look at a cartoon and you associate the chimpanzee being shot with Obama and consider that racist, that means that deep inside of you, you really believe that Obama made wrote the stimulus package, which, of course, he did not. This is what your your government does, what Congress and the Senate does. And they are, of course, the chimps who should have been shot dead. And And just to see the protest and people in their own mind, justly outraged because they really make that association proves that people have, because when I saw it, I'm like, yeah, that's kind of funny. Yeah, of course. And I'm the way I, when I see the dead chimpanzee, I'm thinking, uh, yeah, like some shitty ass lawyer who's been writing this thing for three months while they were preparing for it, you know, and all these other dipshits copying stuff. I mean, I just have a whole different vision. I don't see Obama writing the stimulus package at all. but there's a couple of interesting things about this monkey cartoon. One, of course, it had it was a callback to the the killing of a chimp uh, by uh, the police. Uh, that was apparently the chimp was uh, attacking somebody. Yeah, it was a pet pet chimp, and uh, so they shot it dead. And uh, so that was the callback. Although to make the callback work as a cartoon. I think I, mean, I looked at this cartoon a couple of times, and I, I was thinking, you know, if they didn't want to do anything about, if it was just sta- standalone without the callback to the dead chimp, they would have just had a bozo the clown with two bullets in him, right. which had been the same same gag basically. Right. But to make but to make this gag work better, or to, to have made it work better, the, the, the chimp should have had a diaper on him, because the sh- chimp that was shot dead had a diaper. So the cartoonist made a blunder there. 
they, so right. it kind of ruined the callback. Now, the other thing is, in fact, Eric pointed this out. Uh, he says, well, he says this is ridiculous uh, distraction. There's all this, you know, controversy going on about the stimulus package and some other stuff, and now it's about the cartoon. It's like like the Danish Muslim cartoons. Yes, uh, and everybody's all up in arms about, it. and now it's it's just another, you know, example of somebody coming along. So obviously, he's been listening to our show long enough to start. Uh, coming up with his our kind of thinking, <laughs> he's come over to the dark side, <laughs> <laughs> which is that this is just a. Uh, it was all, maybe it was even put in there on purpose. Well, thank you it's because for, you know who except, owns the New York Post, right? Yeah, Murdoch. Yeah, and uh, so I mean, put it on purpose, and that definitely takes the heat off of the uh, the the real political discussion about. The, the stimulus package, uh, the bailout of the bankers, and all these other things, what we should be talking about, rather than talking about an idiotic cartoon. And so Gregory Mohammed, one of our uh, listeners who is uh, always providing me with some cool stuff, he sends me the update from John Legend page, which is an open letter to the New York Post. Le John Legend, of course, being a another uh, musician, uh, you know, has to get involved. You know, I wish musicians would just, you know, they're Wait basically... Wait is, is this the John... Which John Legend is this? Who is this? This is the guy who plays the piano, and he's really, you know, he's, he became a... He's like a lounge act mm. that's extremely popular, and he just came in out of... I he appeared, you know, about a year or two ago, and he's, like, huge. Okay. Anyway, he goes on and on with his long... I'm not going to read the whole thing. It goes on forever. He just goes, but it's just like scathing. You should print an apology in your knowledge that the cartoon was ignorant, offensive, and racist. That should not have been printed. I'm aware I could be just your racism and violence. Yeah, violence. Violence. And I truly believe we are better than this filth. As we attempt to rise above our difficult past and look toward a better future, we don't need the New York Post to resurrect the images of Jim Crow. Yeah, but this is this is this is offensive because it had, if anything. The New York Post should apologize for it just not being all that great. You know, it was a stretch. It wasn't well executed. But I don't believe it was It was uh, meant as a racist cartoon. Well, it probably wasn't. I mean, why would it be? I mean, you wouldn't do run a cartoon no, like that's, that. You would... It's crazy, of course. <laughs> right. It's stupid. But, but, you know, you're going to start to see this kind of response to just about anything, especially as, you know, what's going to happen, because I don't think Obama's going to, you know, I mean, he's so far he's you know put lobbyists in he's all these rule things that he was going to do to for change and hope he hasn't done any of it, you know because he's so preoccupied with this bill he's got to load up his cabinet and there's nobody to pick from he won't bring the professors in like we were expecting he weren't weren't bringing you know the non Washington insiders he wasn't he didn't have I don't know why I mean it's, but you know you got Rahm Emanuel who's like a politician so they're only going to put their own buddies in. And so we haven't seen anything. He's got lobbyists in. He hasn't done this. He hasn't let these bills sit so the public can, you know, comment on them. So as this goes on, because there's a couple of websites that are keeping track of all this, you know, 450 promises, mm -hmm. uh, that as this goes on and people start to get, you know, they start to turn. And a lot of people who are big Obama supporters have already, you know, these, especially these carping liberals who don't like anything anyway – once they start to turn on him and be critical, it's going to be real interesting to see the reaction to it because it's going to be like, you know, anything, everything's going to be seen as offensive and racist. And that's the only reason is because you're a racist. It's, it's going, going to be, be exactly, it's going to be exactly the same as Windows Mac fanboys. That's what it's going to be. That would be bad. That would be very bad. But, but that seems to be the human psyche. 
And, and again, it just it just flabbergasts me that people if you if you see this cartoon as racist, then you don't understand how it works. You don't understand what the president does and what Congress does and what the Senate does. Are, are people not being educated? Well, hello. Yeah. There's that for sure. And everybody, you know, still thinks the president does everything. And uh, I mean, you know, the economy caved. I mean, the Congress is the purse holder of the purse strings. They're the ones who they, do the well, budget. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, no. They're supposed to be. But of course, they're not entirely anymore because they don't really control the money. Well, you're taking it one step further and saying that the Fed yes. is really. But the Fed is, you know, pretty much. You know, if, if if they tell them to print, if Congress tells the Fed to print more money, they're not going to say no. No, no, no. The, the, when the Fed wants to print more money, they don't ask Congress anymore. That's the problem. Well, maybe we'll get. I'm sure somebody will come in and tell us that that's not necessarily true. I think they have they have to have some sort of permission. I'm not well, sure. Well, somebody, then, you know what? Since, since this is going to happen anyway, John, let's just run down a few more things that uh, are not change. Couple things from this week. Number one, right. um, Obama administrations from AP is trying to kill the email case. This was the, uh, the case that is ongoing from the previous administration trying to recover the millions of missing White House emails. Apparently, the Obama administration is doing its best to block this investigation. And there's an AP story, um, which I presume to be true. So I'd say that's uh, that kind of goes against the transparency thing. Yeah, no, the transparency thing, I haven't seen any evidence of that. Well, I've been looking at recovery.org, waiting for... Oh, yeah. right. uh, <laughs> you, know, I, I, you know, I still have yet to go to that site. Oh, you should, no, I'm sorry, .gov, not .org. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, so here's the thing. They have a, you should go to it now, man. So they have a timeline, and this is what I like about it. It tells you... On February 19th, 2009, federal agencies to begin reporting their formula block grant awards. So, okay, so and they have to report. And there's this whole big, you know, PDF file you can read about uh, the directives handed out by Orzag, of course, the guy we talked about on the last show. But they don't actually report until May the 3rd, federal agencies to make performance plans publicly available and federal agencies to begin reporting on their allocations for entitlement programs. So we're going to go through almost three months of of work that will not be posted. Yeah. Well, well that's lame. <laughs> if the federal agencies are reporting as of you know three days ago, how come we don't see that? Uh, you're yeah. asking the wrong. I know. By I'm the way, this, the wrong guy. Yeah. The this recovery dot org. I'm looking at it, and this no, really no, dot gov dot gov dot gov. I mean, dot, dot, I got it. Yeah. Dot gov. And uh, it's got a, you know they got I guess another m- movie of Obama, but they're still friends. <laughs> still friends. Yeah, I, I saw it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's not a very it's, it's not like, very flattering. No, and I guess they probably couldn't figure out how to like change the frame. So, you know, at least maybe he should be smiling or something. It just looks – he looks like a big brother image. This would be a good – actually, I'm going to capture this and then uh, Photoshop it because this is a great picture to use <laughs> if you want to have a – you know, for big brothers watching you. So, By so, the way, I want to mention something because you mentioned Orzag before we go off. Good, because I know I have something about Orzag. Go ahead. Okay, so you told me about Orzag and check out his bio. So I went and found his bio. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I guess it's like, you know, what he got, how he got the job. So I'm dying because it's got it's like his uh, you know it's got his basic bona fides, but it has 
essentially a documentation of every little article and yeah. scrap of paper he's ever written. It's like, you know, uh, the thoughts on this is, you know, what is it? The attribution scrap of paper, uh, you know, found in garbage. It, this is as if I, I swear <laughs> to God. Finished Nancy Drew novel series. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's like a diary. It's just like if I had, you know, if I put my bio together and I, and I wrote down everything Thing that I had ever published, which is essentially what he's done uh, over like a long period of time, including just short letters to the editor. Yeah, uh, I mean it would be a it would be a book. So I guess what he did. So I guess what he did was, which is an interesting idea for anybody that wants to get a job in this particular administration. You know, over document everything you've ever done. So it's this huge tome of you know what you what you did in high school. You know the fact that you were the you know the of the cheerleader. You know the uh, uh, boosters. Uh, you know you were in the PTA. You know every little thing, and then you drop this on on them as a big thunk. They probably oh this is oh great. that's you're, impressive. You're, oh yes, we need to hire him. You're in. Yeah, it's just it, I was just I was just. An, it was just a, it's an eye roller. Well, so um, I'm reading through some of these documents because uh, Orzag is also responsible for uh, the entire, not just the $75 billion um, housing re thingamajig, but also for the almost $800 billion uh, stimulus package. So I'm reading through some of the documents. Well, but before you do that, I want remind people who Orzag is in the past because I think new, a new listener may not know what we're talking about. Okay, well... Um, I, uh, the only thing I remember, of course, was the funny bit that he... Uh, right, that's all we need to that's know. That's all we need to know is Orzag. Is the, Orzag is, is the, the head of the budget. Yeah, and, he, he, he's the guy that doles out the money, essentially. He has oversight over all this money, and his one of his previous gigs was as a consultant to the Central Bank of Iceland, which is right. the whole country is now bankrupt. So, you know, of all the things to put on that enormously long CV, which uh, I think I have it in the show notes for this week. Maybe it was there last week, but and, and I'm, I'm trying to put as much in as possible now, all these links. Um, so so I, I'm searching around, and I see his directive, which is very detailed. on the, It's basically the transparency directive on uh, the reporting, and it's it's very detailed, John. It goes into the spreadsheet, how many uh, characters can be in each cell, what each cell is supposed to uh, contain. I mean, it's a, it's a real government document, and you feel good about that. And along with these documents, I find uh, there was a question from um, Charles Grassley, who is... Um, uh, he's a senator for, bah, 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 don't remember right now. So he's asking uh, some tough questions in this document about uh, accounting, and it's being answered by uh, Orzag. And copied on uh, on this note, on this, uh, on this correspondence, is counsel to the president, Gregory B. Craig. Have you heard of this gentleman? No. Well, let me tell so he's you. The, he's the, so he's the uh, the Obama's lawyer. Yes, he is Obama's lawyer. I'm reading okay. from Wikipedia, which, of course, uh, is highly unreliable, but usually a good starting point. Past clients. Craig has represented numerous high-profile clients. In 1981, he represented John Hinckley Jr., who tried to assassinate Ronald Reagan. Uh, he represented Senator Ted Kennedy during the 1991 rape trial of William Kennedy Smith. He represented the Cuban father of Elian Gonzalez during the 2000 child custody dispute with U.S. Marshals. You all remember that one. 
Uh, Craig represented United Nations Secretary General Kofi Annan during the Volcker Commission's investigation into the scandals involving the Oil for Food program. This is unbelievable. This guy, he represents hoods. The wrong side of hoods. <laughs> the hoods, man. But, of course, he was a personal. He also represented Bill Clinton during the Monica Lewinsky trials. It's just unbelievable. And this is the, this wow. is the president's lawyer, counsel to the president. Why would he pick this? Well, obviously. Well, because they, well uh, Hello. Hey, <laughs> Ted Kennedy not in jail. <laughs> Kofi Annan still at the U.N. I mean, it sounds that was Kofi Annan. Didn't his son steal millions of dollars? Oh, it, was just, it was a complete, complete fiasco. It was just corrupt. It was just the worst thing ever. Oh, uh, uh, Craig earlier represented the Panamanian government during the trial of uh, Manuel Noriega. Just goes on and on and on. Wow. It just goes on. So, and you know, I'm just like, wow, that's unreal. You think just for image sake alone you wouldn't have that guy. Well, it was it's under the I mean, radar. Like a, you know. Well, not yeah, well, I guess except for our, you know, thousands of Let me let me see uh, if it even says it in his wiki entry. Washington-based lawyer, yeah, current White House counsel to President Barack Obama says it right at the top. And John Hinckley well, Jr., of course, was acquitted of the assassination on Ronald Reagan. Yeah, but he wasn't he locked up? He's also been a foreign policy advisor to Edward Kennedy and Madeleine Albright when she was Secretary of State. It's just, uh... yeah, it's a good laundry list. Well, Obama's not going to get himself in any legal trouble. <laughs> no, not with those guys on his team. Uh, <laughs> something I did realize, which I uh, I just caught a um, actually a Twitter about. Someone was bitching, you know, uh, now that I'm using TweetDeck, I'll just put in Gordon Brown, Obama. And it's great because you really see what what a small segment of the universe, uh, admittedly. Uh, but now we've got celebrities coming onto this thing. you got to figure that, you know, lots of people are going to come in. And it's kind of like blogging. I can see it. It's blogging on your cell phone. I mean, that's not the way I use it, but I can see why people would would gravitate toward that. And so you get a lot of interesting comments, or, you know, not just from your Twitter sphere, and a uh, good post in um, um, Boston.com, uh, there's a lot of criticism that in the $787 billion stimulus bill, there is not a single dollar for uh, Katrina victims, not a single dollar, which would would seem like an obvious place to put some money into. Hmm. Yeah, it is interesting. And, uh, You're really doing a lot of work on this show, by the way. Well... Yeah, I am. Thank you. <laughs> yes, I, I, but it's important. Maybe you should back off a little, if you know what I'm saying. What, what are you talking? What are you talking about, the Vorek? I'm just saying. Uh, <clears throat> if you know what's good for you. Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, remember we we talked about. Um, I think what you here's what, I think it's part of our formula. Yes. Which really doesn't have an agenda except for uh, bringing out. We do. I guess we do have an agenda to to expose. Uh, you know. Corruption, or not, or corruption, or just bad government, essentially. It's to lift uh -huh. the veil of the matrix, John. So the, I think one of their formula, uh, or, or, or what's evolving in the in the evolving formula, is this uh, highlighting one new guy. You know, <laughs> one one guy per show, one guy to go look at. Yeah, one guy you'll look at because I'm sure this is. Look, they have enough people in that office now. I'm sure that we could do one guy, you know, twice a week. We can do a different guy, and then we always do callbacks to the various guys because yeah. it's, I think it's going to be a gold mine. This is like gold, gold. 
It's total gold, everybody. Um, okay, we need, we need a little hit on that. We need a, a we gold. Need a, okay, well, so, so the new. Oh, we need a gold jingle. A gold hit, yeah. Uh, yeah gold. Um, well, it's got to have a name. It's got to be like an item name. You know, it's gonna be like yeah, yeah. Bad guy of the day the, in the morning. Something like that. Yeah, something like that. But you know, it's a, it's a sting. It's a sting. A stinger. Okay, <laughs> it's an acapella sting. Bad guy of the day. Okay. Um. So on Thursday, when we were actually doing this show, is when uh, I think currently is still the number one video on YouTube. When uh, on CNBC, Rick Santelli just uh, oh yeah started yelling I and screaming, it. which was fantastic, of course, to see. It was it was. I mean, I, look, I'm a guy who loves making television. And boy, that was some good ass television. And this Santelli, he's running with it. He is so smart. He's like on every talk show, and you know, he's like, "Oh, I apologize. I shouldn't have said losers, but I'm really angry." And you know, very much, uh, I'm mad as hell. I'm not going to take it any longer. Type of vibe. Yeah. Did you read my Market Watch column on this? No, I'm sorry. What uh, I didn't. What did it say? I att I attacked the whole. Well, it wasn't about this, but it was. It, but it was in there. Uh, I attacked the uh, uh, Santelli for this particular. Uh, uh, outburst and, and the, my rationale is pretty straightforward. Go for is, it. Uh, we have uh, over the last uh, twelve or fifteen years, uh, both uh, through the end of the Reagan administration, definitely throughout Clinton's administration, Clinton pulled the plug on, you know, all these laws that were put in place after the depression, which have resulted in essentially, uh, you know, banks being able to do what they did, and then of course go broke. Uh, I have most of these things on a list I'll, I'll put up, but the uh, the consumer protection laws have all been gutted. We, you know, they have usury, usury, uh, ridiculous uh, interest rates. You have these places that you know take your paycheck, payday, or pay cash, you know, whatever, paying it, get get your money in advance. Places your uh, you, you your taxes, your uh, refund tax, your tax refund. Well, that, no, that no. There's these places all over the country where you can take a, your pay stub in because you, say your paycheck's coming in two days, but you want some money now. You can go and they'll give you the money in advance, and oh, then two really? days later you have to pay them back. But if you don't pay them back, you have to pay ten percent, twenty percent interest. It's all it's essentially right. a, a scam. Loan yeah, loan it's sharking, loan sharking. But sure, it's, but it's legal because they've changed all the laws, and there's no consumer protection anymore. And it's, and the fact of the matter is that the consumer protection there's the Public utilities commissions don't exist anymore. So the phone companies that were all busted up, well, we don't need them anymore. And then they all reform like that, that liquid guy on the Terminator 2 or Terminator 3. They just form back and it's AT&T again. What happened there? How did that happen? So now you can get a phone bill with a bunch of weird charges and you can't do anything about it because there's nobody that you can bitch to. You can't say that the PUC that you're getting ripped off, and you can't say to the phone company that I'm not paying it because then they'll cut you off. You have no place to go. Well, don't worry about it so, because the free market is what the absolutists say. The free market will take care of it. The free market doesn't take care of stuff for individuals. You know, If you're like one person fighting AT&T, the free market doesn't do you any good. You do need these protective bodies. And you need consumer protection laws, which are all gone. So the consumer protection laws are gone, and these poor saps, these people who got in over their head on these mortgages, these people who were sold the bill of goods by salesmen, that then there was no protection for them, may have expected there'd be some protection, but no, they were walked down the primrose path. They're not like Santori, Santori right? They're San, not like Santelli. Santelli. They're not like Santelli. They're not like those guys on the trading floor cheering because they're not professional investors. They're the public. There's some people out there. They don't know anything like that they're going to get ripped off or they're going to be put in a binder. They're going to get screwed over by the system. So why are you jumping on them? 
Why is it their fault all of a sudden? Why should they be condemned and essentially called idiots when the entire system doesn't support the public anymore? This is just an attack on the middle class. I think that that scene on CNBC was abhorrent. I think it was disgusting. I think he should have apologized profusely. And the fact that he's taken advantage of the situation, he's going to have a meeting with Obama, is is unbelievable to me. It's sick. Let's uh, let's have a quick listen to um, Press Secretary Robert Gibbs, uh, the same uh, briefing on Friday, uh, where he addresses Santelli specifically, which I found highly unusual. The house, it won't bail out. Hold on, let me see. Let me find it. And it is not going to help a person's home from being foreclosed. I. The money that's invested oh, in crap, with a mortgage on. payment, here one that's been foreclosed. Shit. Reading. Well, you're cussing a lot over the studying. Over the yeah, I'm pissed off because I had it queued up. To oh. read the president's plan. Yeah. And understand that it will help. Um, Back up a little bit. Here we go. I would encourage him to read the president's plan. And understand that it will help millions of people, many of whom he knows. I'd be more than happy to have him come here and read it. I'd be happy to buy him a cup of coffee. Decaf. <laughs> Chuck. I want to sort of follow up on the criticism. So, um, what's even crazier, John, is, is now, now that he's responding to that. This is another distraction. It's a total distraction. Let me, um, hmm. I thought I had it uh, queued up. Well, he was on Kudlow's show, and he's uh, like, yeah, of course I'm going to go to the White House. And I, I, uh, There's a lot to your rant there, John. Um, I, I must confess, there's a lot to your rant. It's a, uh, if anything, it's, uh, well, even the fact that the press secretary is responding to it, you know, and saying, oh, he should go to his computer, look at it, print it out. That almost reeks of a setup, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. A distraction fact, setup? Of course, GE, GE is uh, a subsidiary, or, or uh, CNBC is a subsidiary of uh, NBC, which is owned by General Electric, and the CEO of General Electric is on the president's economic advisory board. So that's, exactly. uh, that's three hops, you know. That's, that's, that's better than the Kevin Bacon game. Right. Hey, maybe we should change it to the Obama game. If you can be connected to Ooh, Obama I like it. within uh, six six separations from Obama, not bad, huh? Yeah, we could do that. Mm. I bet you, I bet you, any, anybody is. It's, I tell you, it's show business for ugly people, and now they're getting beautiful. <laughs> Damn. Anyway, yeah, so well, that's, yeah, that's a good rant. But my column in my column in Market Watch discusses this. Uh, it's running right now. So the distraction, of course, what it's distracting from is a number of things, including uh, well, right after the stimulus. Uh, Package uh, 17,000 more troops going to Afghanistan. Um, Pakistan is out of control, dude. This is, oh, yeah. Pakistan is a, is a nightmare. I mean, it's, it's. This was a foregone conclusion years ago. I mean, we should have. I mean, every, I, actually, I think everybody knew this was coming. Because who's running the place now that Musharraf is out? Is anyone running the place? But, uh, or just the Taliban? No, the Taliban's only got that one area. No, I thought they were now in the north. Like, they have this whole enclave. Yeah, that, yeah. Right. Yeah, well, they gave him it. They gave him the area. Uh, Pakistan gave it to him. Yeah. Oh, basically gave... Well, you know, the Taliban came from Pakistan to begin with. You know, the Pakistanis, you know, they switched. There was a really good... I got to... Uh, 
I have this really good article about the history of this. There, you know, the the Pakistanis went into the Wahhabi camp of of extreme fundamentalism, Muslimish Muslimism, or uh, so, sorry, Islamism. Islam, Islam, yeah, or it, yeah, Islam, and um, the. Uh, I think, and I don't have the exact date, but I think it was in the 70s or some, or later. And uh, not sure. But anyway, they, uh, there's a real good paper that documents the, this history. And it, 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 it's really part of the, the real worldwide problem. And nobody's done anything to reverse the, uh, this um, essentially change in, in uh, philosophy of the, uh, of, the, of the poorest of the... Um, Muslim uh, Muslims in uh, Pakistan, but obviously I'm. You're floundering, or, yeah, yeah, floundering. But <laughs> I, if I had this this because one of those things, you know, there's something sometimes you run into. You you find a document that's a, like outlines a history of some sort, and it's so dense, and 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 obviously hits everything, it hits all the right n- buttons, and it's I, you can't express it. Unfortunately, you have to. The best thing you can do is just pass on the document somebody else and i have to go back and get that document i think i sent it to you as a matter of fact you might have i have here um from the times on saturday uh president obama's administration has broadened the number of radical groups targeted by the cia inside pakistan so i guess we're in now and we're doing covert operations yeah i guess and also um there was an admission oh i should uh, i hope i'm gonna find that and uh, uh admission by uh, the Israeli government that they've been in Iran targeting nuclear scientists and nuclear um, laboratories and blowing the stuff Mossad. up. The Mossad, yeah. Yeah. But it was like an AP story. Yeah, I read story. that too. Yeah, I was, I was amazed. I mean, so that shit's going on? I mean, you really think that's happening? I think it's just uh, it's just uh, uh, disinformation, personally. Really? I mean, all you have to do is go in there and do, you know, shake, do something weird, just and then put the word out that this is going on. Figuring that because they don't, you know, the problem with Iran, I think everybody over there knows it, especially the scientists, is that they don't, they, you know, that the the, the media is uh, is cor- is is not, I guess you could call it corrupt, because the government won't let you print anything that's not approved, and so you can't trust the media to give you accurate information. So you can, so rumors. This, by the way, is going to happen in this country. So you can gonna happen, make, gonna happen. Well, I mean, to an, to more of an extreme, uh, and so you can. I think you can actually move opinion with rumors and innuendo a lot easier in an environment where the media is basically no good, and um, and it is happening here to some extent. Yeah, uh, but there it must be just a piece of cake because no one's going to believe anything they read in the newspaper. So if somebody, so if the word starts passing around that the Israeli Mossad's killing scientists in Iran, uh, you know, murdering them, and then you, you know, no, but there, since there's no real good communications there, you can't, you know, really uh, read can't anything. Double check it, yeah. Can't double check it, so you can get real freaked out. So I think it's pretty, you know, pretty interesting that they. they try to pull that i don't i just don't see it happening i mean maybe i don't know i mean it would be something that it's not unknown to the israeli intelligence to do this stuff they shot that remember that guy they killed built that big cannon <laughs> oh yeah the hundred foot long cannon you mean that one that guy well i mean he was the most famous <laughs> cannon designer in the world he was very you know used by as a consultant he was going to apparently build this you know 100 foot lower longer mile long cannon it's huge 
<laughs> cannon that they was going to put in Iraq, and they were going to be able to shell Tel Aviv because this, you know you could shoot a shell. This guy was like apparently just very – I can't remember his name. Bull, I think, was his name or something like that. He uh, was just uh, like minutes away from being able to – he believed you could do it, designing a cannon that could put a satellite in orbit. Yeah, it sounds feasible, I guess. If you, yeah, <laughs> if the cannon was long enough. Yeah, and uh, and he he's most modern cannons today are, are of his design uh, for a lot of different reasons. I mean, he was a genius, many on a cannon nut. So this Mossad, and I don't think anyone, they, nobody's ever denied it was Israeli intelligence. They got sick of this guy, you know. Uh, building this thing and they tried to stop him I guess and he told him to shove it and so they just shot him in the hall in his hotel somewhere <laughs> goodbye and that was the end of it <laughs> bye bye you're not a problem so, anymore you know so uh, so it's not beyond the possibility well but yeah I yeah. think if the guy had backed off he wouldn't have been killed so, so I mm, possibly but I, I agree with you I'll, I'll just take it a step further I think our, our media is already completely infiltrated and it's uh, and again, it's not like uh, people are being forced to write something, but it's a culture. It's a culture of these companies, and stuff gets passed down. And they at the at the fortieth floor said they want this to happen. And it just kind of happens, and disinformation gets out all over the place. My uh, well, well here, there's two. Well, let me just add to that. There's a couple other things that probably should be mentioned if we're going to talk about this kind of thing. Uh, generally speaking, if you're working for a media company like General Electric, oh, I'm sorry, NBC. Um, or you know any of these other or, or Disney, I'm sorry, ABC, or any of these other large corporations that happen to have you know ownership of uh, of the outlets. Uh, you probably you know uh, don't do one of two things. One, you, if you're working for ABC, you're not going to do a an expose on the dangers of one of the rides at Disney World Orlando. Probably just not. Probably ain't going to happen. No. And you're probably not going to go after General Electric if you know that there's this ride that exists that's dangerous. Because if you go after General Electric in a in a in a uh, an attack piece saying, well, our jet engines are you're probably going to lose your job. You're going to, but I'm saying at ABC, you're not going to go after the NBC story or the or the General Electric story because you know that they're going to go after that bad ride because it's yeah, a quid exactly. pro quo in the media. Exactly. I mean, I, I mean, writers very rarely attack each other, unless, and, and I've done it. And I always know, and people that attack me always know the same thing, which is you're going to get attacked back. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it's and it's a balancing thing. So somebody says, you know, something, you know, and then you do, you know, you wait and you lie and wait. Usually you don't do it right away, and then you just do it. And then you, you and as a writer, you're always waiting. This happened to me because I had, um, they tried to do a hit piece on me in Wired some years ago. And I thought, <laughs> wait a minute, a hit piece on John C. Dvorak? And when I actually was, uh, Paulina Borsuk wrote it, and she and I, I had, uh, you know, they had what they had to profile me. They're gonna do a big profile, so I, I, I always was waiting for a hit piece because I had written this extremely scathing article about how I thought Nicholas Negro Ponti was a big phony, <laughs> and uh, cool. <laughs> it was in an obscure publication, but I figured one of these days, you know, something was gonna crop up. And also, uh, I seem to have offended one of the uh, publishers of Wired at some point, the one of the original ones. So, so she comes out, and, you know, she's got to, you know, I, I'm so, to be honest about it, and anybody out there who's tried to do this, in fact, I was almost profiled in Playboy, not a hit piece, but a regular profile. But to be honest about it, it turns out, and you know this as well as anyone, 
I'm actually a fairly dull person. I was just going to say, why would they even bother with a profile on Jones? Like, you know, he's a uh, he's a, a dusty old writer dude. I mean, who <laughs> likes food and wine? Nothing, I mean, what's your what do you want? <laughs> there's nothing going on, and so uh, <laughs> that's funny. So um, anyway, so I have. Um, so they did the best they could, but I asked her out point blank, and you know, I I did a, my due diligence on her because I never met her before, and I, I, I see her once in a while, say hi. Uh, but you know, you always do your due diligence on the writer. So I did as much research as I could, and I found out she was like a vegetarian or a vegan or something like that. So I insisted that we go to dinner and have our, one of our meetings over dinner at Greens, which is this spectacular vegetarian restaurant in San Francisco, which has this the just a terrific food and you know that tends to you know, I always like to put people into a environment where their food is distracting them from dealing with me <laughs> and I and usually I do it with with press people because I don't really want to listen to their pitches for about their you know company I'd rather you know have a good meal and so uh, she told me I she said yeah yeah it's going to it's a, it was designed to be a hit piece she told me I mean just told me interesting and so I so, uh, you know, they did what they could. They got one person to say something bad about me, and they put that in there. So, you know, some PR woman said I was a jerk. and But that was about it. And then somebody else defended me, which, of course, the, the person who defended me got quoted. And, gee, guess who gets a little extra credit nowadays? I'm thinking, like, I'm looking at this. as There's a PR woman. One of them t- says I'm a jerk. And, of course, they leave her name out. And the other one says I'm a really okay guy. <laughs> which of these? Two, which one is really the PR woman here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, obviously the, the smart one. You know, whether I'm a good guy or not, she has to now. I have to always go. Yeah, it's her. I have to take her call. Oh. And and the other one is obviously a moron. Yeah. And I've run into. In fact, I ran into one PR woman once. I was because I do a lot of online research and. So I run into this woman slamming me on some website about something. I don't know why. And I looked into it. She's a PR woman. And she, and she works for two or three companies. Yeah, smart. And, That's and a good I, one. <laughs> looked at this. Let me, write about, I, let me write about that product. <laughs> idiot. What an idiot. Well, so here's a, a, who, who owns the who owns Bloomberg now, John? Is that, uh, did Murdoch buy that as well? I don't know. I didn't know that. Bloomberg I thought Bloomberg got it. sold. I thought I thought it got sold. Maybe I'm confused. I don't, I don't know. Well, they came. Well, so I'm hoping we can still what believe the, believe what they write. But this uh, this is very au courant, and it caught my eye. Um, apparently, there's been mismeasurements of the Arctic sea ice due to faulty sensors. And uh, the extent of the Arctic sea ice, which of course has been claimed to have been reducing severely. Uh, well, it seems like they were off by uh, 500,000 square kilometers mm. because well, of that faulty, faulty sensors. Uh. So is it melting or not? Well, uh, yeah, no, it's definitely melting. I mean, we're, we're all in a global, this is the global warming era. Yeah, we're all going to die. Just ignore, ignore that data. Ignore any contradictory data. Oh, man. You're crapping out. Don't don't no. Tell no, me, me tell me to, to stop downloading porn. <laughs> Nobody's up. <laughs> so here, Bloomberg is a public company. It looks like is that right? I think it's public. Yeah. Yeah, Bloomberg himself is going to buy it back. Yeah, it would make sense. Okay. It's kind of fun to see that uh, Obama. You know, we had the uh, the governors over at the White House. Yeah. 
Guess what the entertainment was for the dinner? <laughs> John Legend. Uh, well, no, it, it, it's so incredibly unhip. Earth, wind, and fire. Oh my God, you're kidding! <laughs> yeah. I don't think I don't I don't think Philip Bailey, who was the original lead singer, I don't think he's even with the group anymore. That's like getting the four tops, where you get one top, you get three <laughs> other guys, uh, or a pip. You know, <laughs> high with the pips. Uh, earth, wind, and fire. That's not that's not the epitome of cool. No, not at all. I wonder who booked that act. No, who, well. Probably the same person who publicized it, which was probably the one that was calling you out. <laughs> Stupid idiots. Um, so uh, big news today is that, uh, and I'm, I'm not sure how the numbers work, but um, the president says that he is going, within four years, he will bring the national deficit down by half to uh, a little over $500 billion. And I'm thinking, no, the national deficit is not not a trillion. It's more than that, isn't it? No, no. Well, of course, that's a that's a whole trick. That's the annual national deficit. The annual oh. national deficit deficit was like a trillion. Of course, now it's you know, I don't know what what, what did we spend uh, last year? Like a, easy a trillion just on bailout stuff. Uh, so yeah. the, the the total numbers is into the tens of trillions. But you know, now it's it just seems like what. You know, and he's gonna he's gonna have a plan on Tuesday. How he's you know, it, I don't understand. If doesn't that mean you have to uh, either raise taxes and cut government spending in order to do that? You have to do something. Yeah. So well, he's gonna tell us on Tuesday. We can talk about it on Thursday. <laughs> you know, the problem is everybody in this diet Horowitz talks about this, and he has some charts. I, I just need to repost them on my blog. Every time one of these boneheads goes up and gives a speech like this, the market tanks the next day. Oh, incredible. Well, he the, says they well, should just shut up. Well, the Dodd, could you, I mean, the, someone, I mean, Dodd's head has got to get handed to him because, of course, the whole, and by the way, I, I did call it only six days late. The market went below my number of 72.86, below. Gold almost hit its all-time high of 1,003. Uh, I, I do want to say I called this in November, maybe even October, but certainly in November. And uh, I, this is not a nana nana event, but it's very important because then you know there's like some extra credibility that comes along. I'm saying, hey, you know, all right, he was right about that. So then I can be a little more crackpotty about some of the other stuff. Good. Yeah. Um, but it was um, Senator. Is it Senator? I think as long so. as it doesn't, yeah, Senator. Senator as long no. as it doesn't go to six thousand, I'll be okay. It's going to go to six thousand, and you know, S and P six hundred. Watch for that. That's the real. That's the real hard one. That's, that's going to hit. S and P six hundred market. I don't have a date for you, but yeah, I totally believe S and P six hundred. So they're already freaked out that it's under eight hundred. You know that. Yeah. Oh, no, I, I t totally. Let me just find this. Um, so the market tanked. After and this was what was interesting. After Christopher Dodd, who is also in charge of the Senate Banking Committee, I believe, he comes out and he says, uh, "Yeah, well, we might have to nationalize the banks. Yeah, it could just be a brief period of time, but uh, yeah, we might have to nationalize the banks." And so that's on Bloomberg. Bloomberg then starts spinning it as you know, we've got this exclusive, and they play the soundbite, and the market goes, the bottom just fell out momentarily. And yeah, and, and then you know, and then they rushed back and 
Uh, you know, these guys are clueless about this. Why they don't must they just be. They shut must be clueless. Up. They must be clueless. I mean, they, nobody they, wants to hear from them. Shut up and get to work. Yeah. I don't know. So uh, we want to talk about, we still need, you know, another uh, 900 subscribers to the uh, podcast. I'm going to keep doing this every week until we get to it. Actually, at some point, when we get to a certain number, we're going to do three a week. Of course we are. I, my goal is eventually we'll we'll be doing this. I, I, well, I think you're three. right. Yeah, we'll be careful. But, I, but you're right. When we get to the right number, we'll have to go to three. And also because there's just too much to cover. There's too much to talk about. Right. There is. I mean, we could go on, especially if you're now that you've decided to actually do research. <laughs> well, which hey, is really would it, would it, the show. Would it, it's killing the show, man. Hey, listen, <laughs> would, would, it, would it kill you we to actually, do a little bit of research with, to do something here? <laughs> the way this show is, the people that have heard just started listening. So hold on a second. Let me get this thing back on my ear. The uh, people who just started listening should realize that when we started doing this show, it was a casual conversation between two guys, and we had a lot of you know stuff to catch up on, and yeah. it was once a week. Yeah, and, and it was like you know we'd chat about this, and then we get we realized that we knew about something about something. We'd get on a jag, you know, it would be very interesting, but it, the show would would roam aimlessly. Uh, it would be mostly though about international stuff, and actually we need to get back to doing a little more of that. I'm ready. Instead of just. I'm ready. But but the point but anyway was that we managed to get through an hour and a half a week of uh just chatting and we it was interesting because it was an ebb and flow to the show. But and then we went to the twice and then you started taking it more seriously so and I started taking it in the those list, but at least I'm trying. And um <laughs> and so the show is now getting more packed with more information. But I'm not going to complain about it because of the stuff that you're digging up about, especially about these, these which I realize that you've stumbled onto an interesting idea, which is just pick anybody out of this Obama group and, and, look at, <laughs> and, and look at them and see what the heck they're doing and what they, you know, what they're up to. And you've got a, you've got a good 10 minutes of material. So, uh, but the point is that people out there need to subscribe. And this is a voluntary thing. We're not, you know, it's like share where subscribe to the show to go to Dvorak.org slash N.A., I'll have the. Uh, that's I'll not subscribe. A, that's donate. That's donate. donate. That's the that's the, right. uh, the Curry Dvorak Library Project. Dvorak.org slash Dvorak dot org slash n a. Dvorak dot org slash n a and donate a uh, two dollars a month to listen to us and it, that won't change even though we may increase the frequency. Uh, and we'll, I'll have the, the buttons up later this, before the Thursday show for a uh, once-a-year donation and a, uh, a, an open donation if somebody wants to throw a bunch of money at us. I'm, and when I think of that, I'm thinking of Dubai. I think Dubai. <laughs> some, somebody in Dubai. Just, just, just throw, yeah, mind to throw, throw, uh, some, throw some real dollars at us. Yeah, exactly. Someone, someone who's hurting in Dubai. Oh, I spoke to my buddy, by the way. And, uh, and he, he suggested there's a periodical which is, believe it or not, Petroleum Journal Monthly, mm -hmm. and he suggests subscribing to that. It's a physical magazine, and he confirmed. He said the actual cost for the Saudis is thirty dollars per barrel of oil, and they've invested at over a hundred dollar barrel in oil in their infrastructure and their pleasure playground. And he confirmed the thousands of cars at Dubai airport. And of course what's happening now is everyone's pulling out. All the companies are moving down to South America. They, you know, there's uh, of course the, 
the whole East Timor Indonesia thing, you know, that's been going on for thousands for a hundred years. You know, there's 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 oil everywhere, and they're just moving out. They're just saying goodbye. <laughs> the Arabs are just being completely obliterated, obliterated. I tell you, I got to get some documentation for this assertion. He was going to give me the um, uh, the issue where that was laid out pretty clearly, and you know, he says, "Look, I, I got to lay off people because it's a contractor business." And uh, what's happening is because the, they're a uh, he works at a uh, oil services company, and um, you know, so basically setting up the infrastructure in, um, you know, uh, subcontracted through the big oil companies. And, um, you know, so they'll give them a price on something. And, you know, instead of bickering over the price, what the oil companies are doing is saying, yeah, that's great. That's an interesting price. We'll uh, call you again in six months. So everything's being pushed off. Basically nothing, you know, there's, they're stagnating. There's no, uh, no investment, nothing going on because everyone's waiting for the price to go up. It's just, I wonder uh, what the, they're going to do with those. You know, they got all these buildings that they, they've thrown up in Dubai. I mean, it's like a, it's a, it's almost like a, it's Las a ghost Vegas. town. It's a ghost town. No, no, I, we got to go. We got to find some way to go. Now, here, <laughs> we here's go. the here's, here's no, seriously, we don't got to so go. No, I disagree. There's no reason to go to Dubai. I've been. It's oh, I, uh, there's no reason to I've go. Been too, I haven't been. Been putting up all these buildings. Crap, man! You crap. The world's out. tallest buildings. Don't talk so up. loud. Maybe it's when you talk loud oh. that it happens. Back off a bit. Oh well, okay. All right. So he is that better? Do I sound better? Do I sound a little more DJ? I sound a little more FM radio. <laughs> so, so, uh, I, so do Emirates Airlines. Yes. And let me know why I'm coming in clear. Emirates, Emirates, yeah, Emirates. Emirates. Yes, we got you. Emirates now has a, a direct flight to San Francisco on a long haul seven seventy seven to to Dubai. Mm. So I figure we should probably find some way to get a, a comp flight round trip. No, business I, you know what, John? No. Why don't you go get that comp flight, all right? Why don't you go sit in Dubai on Thursday and then give me a call? Because it's boring in Dubai. It's it's freaking boring. Well, I, well, it's boring. Okay, I it's boring. I was there for a week. I wanted to yeah, shoot myself it, after three days. Well, it's... It could be more interesting. I mean, there's a lot of shopping. There's no hookers. There's no booze. There's no. It's boring. Well, I'm not. Sure there's no hookers anymore. But you're probably right. But so I priced the flights just to see what the you know <laughs> thinking. Well, I'm just looking. Pricing the flights. I'm All right. Let, let me let me go through some real important news here. Uh, you and your Dubai. I don't want. I don't. Well, let me tell you what the price is. I don't want to go to Dubai. I don't care. Yes. I want to sit in the command center all day. Preparing anyway, for the show. Ten thousand dollars. It seems a little high. What's ten thousand dollars? The flight to Dubai. Ten thousand dollars? What was that first class? No, it's business. Jeez. That's outrageous. I think they're just living in a dream world. <laughs> you think. All right. I'm gonna run through this, John. Just right. say, stop me, uh, stop me when you want to. Gordon Brown visiting Washington on March 3rd. That will be underreported in the United States, so uh, keep an eye on it. See if, uh, if anything interesting shows up, because, of course, Gordon Brown is now on his trip, uh, his uh, New World Order trip, uh, as in uh, head trip. He's at the, uh, the G20. Um, here we go. In Berlin. Uh, Gordon Brown appeared upbeat about the success of the Conference of European Leaders. And here's a quote from him. 
We will have a global system where we can identify and have transparency and disclosure from all financial institutions, including, of course, hedge funds. So that's the World Bank that he's announcing there, essentially. Hmm. This is, uh, oh, this will please you. This came and went real quick, so it'll never hit the headlines. The Army Times, which I do read. Good, it's a good, it's an excellent publication. It's a great publication. Uh, had announced that the National Guard was going to do, um, what they call it? Uh, the uh, gun uh, deployment. Well, they, they were going to do deployment. Yes, in uh, in a town uh, in uh, in Iowa, Arcadia, Iowa, population four hundred and forty three. The guard had planned a four day urban military operation of sending troops to take over the town and search door to door for suspected weapons dealers. And uh, so this got a lot of uh, quick online press, and now they've scrapped it. Wow. Well, that doesn't mean it's really scrapped. Well, th- this is the thing. They've underestimated the Internet. They thought that they could fool us with, with, their own, with, their, with the old wag-the-dog television tactics, but it's just, it's just not working anymore. You know, people are so jaded. And, of course, there's a lot of people actually bringing us news online. It's like, oh, I, I've been tracing back the origins of Sir Stanford. Of, oh. of how that got broken. Apparently, it was a Venezuelan trader who uh, who started. Uh, I think he wrote a blog post about it. <laughs> this is how how, <laughs> how pathetic our SEC is. He wrote a Blogger. blog post. A blog. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, that's a beautiful thing. You know, he said, "Hey, man, this is this shit is off," and uh, and that's apparently how it started to to spin out, but. I sent you that thing, which it's 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 even too freaky, I think, for us to talk about, just because it's so deep and detailed, and there's a lot of anti-Semitic uh, overtures in it, which I I really don't like, and I don't know how to get around it. Yeah, you know, you know that's the thing we nothing you can do. I mean, typically these, you know, two, you know, these people that it's always amazing to me where you have a person that seems to be outlining a very interesting situation, then they fall off the boat, kind yeah. of like they're brain can't maintain that the normal part of it and they go crazy with this you know this, we, I mean, people think that we're kind of you know bring out some of this conspiratorial stuff to to some extent you mainly and but it's nothing like the stuff that we don't talk about holy <laughs> crap these guys are completely insane yeah. well this is the who's behind madoff thing did you did you actually have a chance to read that yeah i read that it's ridiculous you know, it's Israeli intelligence and this and that and the other thing, and it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Well, I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that uh, you know someone out there might might trigger something and they might think about something else because it is really just connecting the dots. You know, that that's all that we're doing. Uh, right. UK loses highly sensitive Iraq war papers. as another. Uh... How do these people are losing <laughs> stuff constantly? <laughs> Uh, British Ministry of Defense documents on the Iraq war have been reportedly stolen from a lawyer for a private law firm on a train to London. These guys, you know what it happens is they get on the train, even though Boris Johnson outlawed it. They get on the train and they start drinking. And, you know, you're on the train for at least half an hour and then maybe an hour and a half. Some people going down south to the to the southern counties and they're drunk. They're just the hammer. They're tired. The train is kind of wobbly. You know, you're drinking a brewski. You're like, eh. right. and then you leave it with your paper or whatever. You, know, you just leave it on the train. 
That's yeah, what, you lose it, and, yeah. but then you blame it on it being stolen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's. I mean, it you can't. What else are you gonna say? You, okay, let's take a look. I'm a bureaucrat. I I brought my shit on the train because I'm <laughs> stupid, and it's not encrypted because I don't really know how to do that. I'm too busy getting sloshed, and so I get on the train. I I go right to the bar. It's the first thing I do, and then I start drinking. And, you know, now have another one, and you know, have another one. You know, it's always going to be like scotch or something too, not 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 chardonnay, that's for sure. And uh, and it's a long way, and you don't want to deal with your and you and you get wasted. I was on a plane once with a guy who was a publisher of uh, of let's just say a magazine that that I used to work for. It was actually a PC World publisher, and this guy was so he he got. And I was accidentally sat, or just by coincidence, sat next to him. And he was a guy, and this is years ago, so nobody can figure out who it is, but he got hammered on the plane from New York to San Francisco. I mean, I'm talking about hammered. Mm-hmm. And, it, and one of the reasons for that is because the plane was delayed, and this is the, during the era where you do, if your plane was delayed by any amount of time, they would offer you, they'd open the bar up. And uh, I don't think I was in business. I might have been. Whatever the case was, the bar was open one way or the other. And so this guy kept having two vodkas oh. over ice, two vodkas. I'll take two more vodkas. Over and, ice. He, and he couldn't drink very well, it seemed to me. <laughs> and, but he had about maybe, I'd say, 14 of those little bottles of vodka. And so he was, like, really shot. And then he, uh, I, I was concerned about it, so I, you know, kept stayed with him. And <laughs> you, by the way, you're you're like the girlfriend that holds holds your hair back as you're puking. That's that's <laughs> that's your essential role. <laughs> so I'm like hanging, making sure this guy doesn't, you know, get mugged or something. So I, you know, he wanted to go to his car, and he's like, he comes off the plane. I got, I'm gonna drive home. And I said, I don't know if you should. And he's fumbling around for his keys. And he, you know, it's like the, the video, you know, he drops his keys and then falls down trying to pick them up. Ugh. And so I said, hey, you know, I think I'll drop you off. You know, maybe you can come back and get the car later. Oh, yeah. So he says yes. And so I hopefully he doesn't throw up in my car. He doesn't. And I dropped <laughs> him off. And it's like, you know, he has some place in the city. And I walked him up to his door where he, I think he basically fell asleep on the, on the stoop. And I left. I figured I did my job. I got him close enough. And uh, then he was fired some uh, months later because apparently he was a drunk. <laughs> <laughs> so so I can imagine guys, you know, in this horrible government job, uh, and they just leave the computer behind because they walk off and leave it on the train, and boop, there it goes. Yeah. And they never see it again because somebody will pick it up and, you know, use it as their computer. They probably don't ever go to the data files, and if they did, they wouldn't know what to do with them. Well, it's, but no, it, it was stolen. It, it is interesting because um, the U.K. has been pretty good, at, and this is a big flap over here, and I'm sure you're not hearing about it at all in the U.S., um, that... Um, Essentially, the British Justice Department kept all these um, all these secrets about essentially the the Bush White House saying, "Okay, you know, we're going to be uh, moving people around for secret interrogations in jails all over the place. You're going to cooperate and shut up." And then there's uh, there's the case of this one British uh, man who's been who was who was in Gitmo for f- four or five years, tortured. And, uh, you know, so now it's all kind of coming out that uh, MI6, I guess, or maybe even uh, Ministry of Defense, that they knew about this and they actually participated in torture. And there's pictures of the guy's fingernails are torn out and, 
you know, this is the so-called special relationship that uh, America and Britain have together. It's just disgusting. It's just, it's, just, is, it's really, it's, it's vile. Special relationship. They, listen to it. They'll keep saying that. Special relationship. Here's a funny one. Police officers were rushed to a hospital in the United Kingdom after a suspicious substance was thrown through a car window. So the uh, Metropolitan Police responded to these reports of an unusual smell coming from a car with smashed windows in Enfield, North London. They saw an unknown brown substance inside, and those who came into contact with it were rushed to the hospital. It turns out it was uh, HP sauce, the brown sauce. (laughs) I just love. Oh, it's brown stuff. We're going to die. It's going to explode. It's the brown stuff. And it was that that horrible brown sauce. Yeah, HP. (laughs) Uh, That's the A1 sauce of England. Yeah, that only, only don't me. don't be confused. It ain't no A1. You know, well, I'll tell you the uh, the sauces that. By the way, I did a thing once where I went. I was traveling enough around the world that I would buy uh, HP uh, HP sauce, A1 sauce, and Worcestershire sauce in different parts of the world, and it, it's amazing how different. The formulations are from place to place. It's not even you. You think as well. It's the same, right? No, right. no, 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 no. Alien, and the one that if you anyone wants to try this it, it, and get some real interesting products, the I don't recommend the HP and A one experiment anymore because for one thing, you can't use either one of those things. These things are almost all high fructose corn syrup because they won't use sugar. Yeah, which is the stuff it's, that'll kill you. Except you know, well, now you're gonna get a letter. But except I think Canada's the only last holdout for using a lot of sugar stuff and, uh, you know, cane sugar. But anyway, the Worcestershire sauce is the one that's the most extreme in its differences. It's very interesting. Lee and Perrin, the exact same brand. It tastes Lee different, yeah. It tastes radically different from country to country. You know what's an interesting sauce? Uh, there was a guy who was on Dragon's Den, which is uh, kind of a reality show here in the United Kingdom. Is it on in the States now, Dragon's Den? It must be on BBC uh, America or something America, like that. America, I yeah. think I may have seen it. Yeah. Uh, I, th- th- there's no U.S. version yet, I know, because they asked me for it, but it, uh, the, uh, the show never took off. It never got greenlit. Um, and they had a guy on who, would, who had, was making this sauce in his, uh, in his kitchen at, at home, and it, it was, this is a Rasta guy, right? And he walks in, he has a cool song like reggae, reggae sauce. And he's doing this whole Rasta thing. And they taste the sauce. And they're like, wow, this is good. You know, we're going to give you whatever he was asking for, 50,000 pounds or whatever, to get the business going. And now it's it's available. And widely. And this shit is really good. <laughs> it's fantastic. What is it? It's the reggae, reggae sauce. It's kind of a, <laughs> uh, a jerk chicken, yeah, like a jerk sauce. In a way, yeah. um, it has a it has kind of a nice little stingy bite that that lingers on. It's phenomenal. It's really really good. So I will bring one over next time I come. You'll like the, yeah, reggae, the reggae reggae sauce. George Soros okay. said on Friday, the this is just to make you feel good. The world financial system has effectively disintegrated, adding that there <laughs> is yet no prospect of a near term resolution to the crisis. Soros said the turbulence is actually more severe than during the Great Depression, comparing the current situation to the demise of the Soviet Union. He said the bankruptcy of Lehman Brothers in September marked a turning point in the functioning of the market. We witnessed the collapse of the financial system. So take that and stick it in your hat. Well, Um, hopefully he's wrong. 
He's been pretty right about a lot of things. Of course, if you're actually in control of some of it, then it's easy to be right. He also may be saying that because it might be a buying opportunity. Hey, John, why don't you take that $80 that we've been donated so far to the Curry Dvorak Library and invest it wisely? <laughs> you think we've hit the bottom, my friend? Is that what you're saying? Well, I mean, it seems to me one of the things you want to do is if you have a lot of money and you're running hedge fund type operations, you want to keep if you if the market is depressed, uh, you know, or oversold, uh, you'd want to main, push it down there as hard as you can because if you if you move, you know, the problem with markets typically is if you have a lot of money, you move the market just by buying in. And uh, it, which is not good because you you want to really you know you want to have something where where you where it can soak it up like a sponge, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to you know the, the, I always people always, this is what happens and Horowitz and I were, were talking about this this is what happens when people play paper trading you know they just want to practice so yeah they, I, I I heard this discussion it was very funny about the pink slips where people yeah. are trading penny stocks yeah of course but but that's the way it's all set up is you 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 practice you practice you trade you're like oh man I'm doing so great I'm I'm making 60 70 100,000 and then you do it for real money and you lose your shirt yeah <laughs> and <laughs> just the way it is it's the way it is yeah we've all done it we've all been there <laughs> we've all done the 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 back trades that's another one yeah test your your strategies with back trades so you can actually see how much money you would have made if you had implemented your strategy <laughs> that's my favorite yeah, it's a classic. So anyway, the uh, so a guy like Soros, you know, to to get to do anything, he has to have, you know, it has to be the sponge condition where it just can soak it up, and then once it's st stabilized, then it starts going up. You know, that's where you make all your, you know, you make serious money. But you know, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if you can trust him. You know, that's the problem. I mean, I admired him. He's the one who who brought in Greenberg to talk about the oil prices in front of Congress, which which kicked off the collapse of the price of oil because once the scam was realized, the next thing you know, which, by the way, still people still say, well, that was shortage, you know, in their peak oil. You know, <laughs> that, oil. that all that bullshit was, like, revealed to be a fraud. And, of course, people still don't know that. I don't know what why the media doesn't get around to telling them. But uh, so, I mean, he's been in the, in the game here and there uh, trying to do what he can. But, I, you know, I don't believe this is true, what he says, because it just doesn't make – because it's not true. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not in good shape, but it's not collapsed. Well, I I tend to agree with the distinguished gentleman, uh, Mr. Soros. I think he's he's playing a sucker's game. Okay, I'm still predicting 600 S and P and 6,000 down. Okay, predict what you want. I'm this time. I'm not agreeing with you like I did with the two hundred dollar no, oil and then okay. have it thrown back in my face. No, that's okay. You know, just that's because okay. I casually said, "Yeah, I guess it could happen." Okay. Uh, Berkshire Hathaway has uh, just as a a data point there has dropped uh, almost fifty percent in the past year. This is the yeah, guy, the, wor yeah. the world's greatest investor. Yeah, the world's greatest investor. Um, we talked briefly, and this is. I realized that that you know I kind of glossed over this myself and how outraged you were about it when we spoke about it last. Um, the idea that uh, the government was going to start taxing us by the mile using a black box with a GPS, and uh, instead of gasoline tax, you would pay your taxes, of course, your carbon taxes, etc., um, per mile that you drove, and you and you really went off on it. 
You're like, oh, you know, that's never going to happen. It's crazy. It's outrageous. And I and I told you that this is being implemented in several countries, and and I realized that you know, living in the UK and having lived in the Netherlands, it it was so easy for me to accept the idea that no matter how outrageous, I've already been conditioned because I remember hearing the story and I was like, you know, that's crazy, man. That's like such an invasion of privacy, et cetera, et cetera. But I, I really wasn't outraged because everyone over here is conditioned. I think we're five years ahead of the U.S. Everyone's just conditioned like, okay, yeah, they'll probably do that. They'll probably implement that. And they will. And it will happen in the United States, even though, of course, that story has been denied by uh, Robert Gibbs once again. That was Ray LaHood's suggestion. And he did say it to the press. And so now it's uh, it's been you know pulled off the table. But I think these are all just little trial balloons. They're going to do that. That's for real. And let me mention one more thing while I'm on the tracking shit. So I had installed Google Maps. Now I have, uh, how's your battery doing on your E71? We got them, uh, you got yours maybe three months after me? Yeah. Okay. How's the battery life doing? Fine. I mean, what's the two days? Four. Four days. So I've got this E71. I've had it longer than you have. Uh, I call very little on it since we moved to this house for two reasons. One, because it doesn't really have T-Mobile doesn't have really great reception down uh, in the basement where I am. Uh, so I have to put it near the window. And so you can't walk around. That kind of defeats the purpose. So, you know, and I, and I, I usually use Skype and I have it rigged up through the system like I do now. So I can have people on the speakers and, you know, I, I can play sound effects whenever I want to. It's much more fun. So. I don't use it a lot. I had wait, ins- wait, you use sound effects in your regular normal phone calls? Oh, man, on the conference calls? Are you kidding me? <laughs> when we have the Mevio conference calls? Okay. All right, all right. Uh, so was- I've got the E7. That one is the Yeah, that, that's, uh, I don't use that one. Yeah. Actually, I, I, use, uh, I use this one. There are white folks, and then there are ignorant motherfuckers like you. Yeah, well, that's a good one. Yeah. So uh, I had installed Google Maps with the latitude uh, functionality when I went to see the Queen, right, a couple ah. days before. And I had installed this, and and uh, I learned that it was pretty easy to quit the application, but it was actually still running because it asks you, it does ask you, uh, do you, you know, and, and oftentimes you'll be, be like, yes, you know, because you think it's saying, do you want to quit? Do you really want to quit? Because that's kind of the last message you get. But this message says, do you want to keep sharing your location <clears throat> so i had i had been trapped by that once before uh but uh then i got yeah, i didn't like that and i'm like i'm just gonna un- uninstall this thing because it's bugging me that uh that, that i actually flipped through that and, and who knows ever since i've uninstalled it my battery runs out very quickly so i bought a new battery just to prove no, to myself no, it's a- Right, that is something going on. And I believe that it is making connections. It's it's a possibility that it's making connections and doing something, because something has changed. Because the battery is literally running out overnight. It's next to my bed. It's you know, it's, it's, it's always been full bars in the morning, and I, now I wake up, and it's either almost empty or it's uh, giving me a low battery warning. And it's a brand-new battery that I put in just, just to prove that it, you know, that something was going on, that it's not the battery. Well, how about this for an idea? I think you're probably right. And I'm reminded, as soon as you tell the story, of course, of like bit torrents, you know, how these people get burned because they have a bit torrent going. They don't know that they're doing file sharing. 
you know, because, you know, BitTorrent is like you download something, but you're uploading to whether you know it or not. Or, or those old music sharing sites, you know, where you had, you know, you were basically always online. You didn't know it. You know, yeah. you were yeah, sending, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, sure. The system tray stuff, all kinds of there's all kinds of particularly on Windows and you get any almost any BitTorrent client and it'll it, you quit the client, but it keeps sharing. Right, and your next thing you know, the feds are knocking on the door. You yeah, know, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, hey, Curry, you got some gold in there. Come so, out, son. So, um, you're gonna. What you have to do, obviously, is you have to pull your uh, memory, little memory card, out, mm-hmm. and just forget. Put it in a like a one of those little holders. They, there's little micro SD cards. You can stick the little bitty card into a bigger card, and then you can put it in your computer and just erase the damn thing. In other words, all your applications have got to go. Uh, I mean, make backups of your uh, address book, mm-hmm. and then probably do the same thing to your SIM card. Uh, and once the SIM card and that little card are erased, I'll bet you the problem goes away because I can't. There's nothing internal to the phone that I know of that would that would that would uh, unless it's got some sort of. Uh, I can't think of anything. Well, that, I, and, that I, and I'll tell you that I think I think there was one point during the day where I looked at my phone. And I saw the three G. You know, I saw that there was a network connection, and I went, "What the hell is that?" And I'm, I'm, now, I'm and and, I, and I'm switching around. I had no apps open. I went to uh, no. I had Google Maps was deinstalled by then, and I had no idea what was connecting. Okay, I, I have one other possibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, your phone's been compromised, and it's basically on listening to you all the time, and it's relaying the information to someone. That's who also wants- that's possible. That's, yeah, it that's can possible. happen. Yeah. Okay. I, I know what I know what would defeat that immediately. What's that? If you turn the phone off. If you turn the phone off. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, take the battery out. I think you have to take the battery out to be one hundred percent sure. Yeah, I guess if it was done right, you could you could turn the phone off, well, but it would still be. Let me let me just. Uh, hey guys, it's okay. I'm harmless. All right. So I just talk to him. Okay. <laughs> it's uh, true. We got a couple. We got a couple more stories, John. Just just maybe even stuff we'll talk about on Thursday. Uh, Eurojust, which is the uh, EU's judicial cooperation agency, uh, is taking the lead in finding ways to help police and prosecutors across Europe to wiretap Skype calls because they're they're apparently uh, upset that they can't uh, listen to us on Skype. And I just said, yeah. tune into the stream. It's a lot easier. It's it's high, high quality. Into this. <laughs> right. And by the way, if you're listening, uh, your intelligence agency, uh, please, Dvorak.org slash NA. We right. could use the... Uh, the donations for the Curry the Dvorak do- Library. <laughs> um, because, because I have the album art for it, we've got to mention um, the wacky-ass blue Mustang at Denver International Airport as another piece in the puzzle of the... Oh, yeah, weird, I saw that. weird art, and of course, a part of this thing fell on its creator and killed him, just to make it an even better story. Supposedly, <laughs> well, yeah, supposedly, what do you, do you think? It's like a, like a Trojan horse, and the belly opens up, and all kinds of things pop out. Well, it could be something inside it that they didn't want anyone to know about, like a transmitter or some sort of a who knows what, and uh, you know, fractal antennas designed for something specific. And this guy uh, was going to mention that in the interview they were going to do with him after he finished the horse, and so they had to kill him. <laughs> we we laugh, but we're not really we're not really that happy about it. And uh, a piece for the. Uh, just for fun, because of course tonight is the uh, 81st annual Academy Awards, which uh, will probably right. get uh, low ratings because again they it's got all kinds. To be, 
There's a theme, you know, for these awards. It's called the Year of the Dog. <laughs> really? Because of Slumdog? Yeah, that, that's a pun, right? Because of Slumdog it, A it, and B, it. it's also it's, it's ridiculous. These movies are boring. Well, this is the point. Every single year they, they do these really artsy-fartsy movies, which, by the way, some of them are really good, but... They're not like the big blockbuster hits. The audience doesn't show up for the award show, people. It's like, you know, like, oh, well, the, you know, I guess uh, the numbers are down again. Well, of course, because it's boring. Anyway, so <laughs> leaked out on the interwebs is uh, the list of winners, if you care to care to hear who's going to win and would like to know. Oh, okay, if, if go you want for a spoiler. It. Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I thought that these things were sealed by Good Housekeeping or somebody. Yes. In the... <laughs> the Martha Stewart Good Housekeeping. Okay, we'll check. Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to reveal the names, yeah, and we're going to exactly. check to see if this is bullshit or not. All right. Okay, go. Do you want Do you want to take a quick uh, wager? Hi, baby. Thank you, darling. Yeah, I'm going to wager that these I'll, – I'll make a five-buck bet that these are bogus. Okay. All right, so uh, let's just do the big ones. Uh, actor in a leading role, who do you think is going to win? Uh, who's nominated again? Yeah, fuck if I know. I don't, uh, I, I, they don't give you that. They just give you the names. I'll, I'll tell so you I, who it is. I know it's going to be the wrestler, Jimmy Rourke. Yes, right, Mickey Rourke. Rourke. Mickey Rourke, exactly. Okay, then you'll also know actor in a supporting role, male. Uh, I don't remember who. Of course, Heath Ledger. Of course, he's got to get his oh, props. Oh, Heath Ledger, yeah, yeah. right. He has, exactly, yeah. because he's dead. Because he's dead. Uh, actress in a leading role, you know who that's going to be. Who? Kate Winslet. Oh, yeah. She's right, they've already everything. given her the and then, uh, and then it gets a little more esoteric, so I'll just give you actress in a supporting role would be Amy Adams, who I do not know. Uh, best okay. Picture, Slumdog Millionaire. What other? Uh, mm, okay, here, here's one to, to. How about best director? Give us best director. Best director. Hold on. Uh, interesting. This could be could go anywhere. It says cinematography cost. Uh, well, that's interesting. They don't have best director. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking. How come I can't see it? Best picture. Cine, cinematography. Does that fall under cinematography? No, no, direct, well, no, no not directing, directing. Here it is. Danny Boyle for Slumdog Millionaire. Okay. How, how about this documentary feature? Okay, that's one that, if that's right, then you know the list was good. No, it's not, no, because there's one guy that's so far out in front on that one, the one that, does the, that did the documentary about Cambodia. Oh, well, according to this, it's Man on a Wire. Oh, okay. Which is, well, that uh, is, might be interesting. Isn't that the, 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 about the French guy that uh, walked between the Twin Towers? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. I don't, okay, so Man yeah. on a Wire. If that if that wins, then we'll know that this list was pretty good, if all the other ones are correct. Well, we have the list. Post the list on the uh, notes, Yep. and then people can make the comparison and see what what didn't work. So because noted. it's, you know, I think a, a series of good guesses, you know, uh, because there's been, you know, they've had enough award shows already, and they typically, you know, there's a percentage of these, you know, there's very rarely a surprise. That you know you wouldn't have guessed, uh, and and this year it looks like it's it's kind of rigged, especially for the actors and actresses. And then as we close down the show at one hour and thirty minutes, uh, one final uh, piece of news that uh, just made me chuckle coming in from the Netherlands. Uh, as you know, I'm uh, I've been harping for quite a while. Uh, I'm against the uh, vac the Gardasil. Uh, HPV vaccination. I feel that it's not proven. Uh, there's uh, children who have died from this it's uh i believe it's the pharmaceutical industry just trying to make tons of money with in cahoots with the government and uh, so they you know many um 
uh, nationalized or social uh, socialized healthcare systems are uh, buying this from the big pharmaceuticals and then they give it you know free to um, citizens of the country, which is so the scam is already done, right? So they they can somehow they convinced uh, the medical authorities this has to be in the package because we're going to save millions of girls from uh, cervical cancer. And so the government then uh, buys it. They uh, and and this is a very expensive process. It consists of three vaccinations. You have to come back three times or come back twice after the initial one. I believe the total package is four or five hundred dollars per patient. So this is a big ticket item. And wow. you, know, it's quite, you know, side note is it's killing people. Thank you, darling. Uh, so in the Netherlands now, because of course there is, uh, thank goodness, there's there's a lot of. Um, a lot of people saying, hey, you know, this ain't such a certain, and I, I hope I can take some responsibility for that in the Netherlands specifically, this is not a sure deal, right? And so people are saying, well, I'm not, I'm not so positive. So what did the, uh, the health system come up with? Hey, if you come and you take your first shot and you come back for the other two, we'll give you a free iPod. Oh, that is so, that is sick. How horrible is that? These are 13 to 16-year-old girls, and, and and they're sending them letters, letters with this offer. Ah, oh, it's sick. Some people well, call me again. the crackpot. Typical, you know, this is our example of consumer protection. Yeah, of course, exactly. To wrap it back around. Yeah, yeah, we totally need it. All right, well, so that's that's what's happening in the world. All right, we'll be back on Thursday. Yeah, and you're going to be back in. I'll be back in the Bay Area. Yeah, in the Bay Area, Northern Silicon Valley, otherwise known as Gitmo Nation, North. North. Something. Or we eat west, or North. the Gitmo Nation. Yeah, the Gitmo <laughs> Nation. Hey, we had uh, about double the uh, the normal audience on the streams today. Well, I managed to Twitter it, and they, you know, with the right address, I think. Oh, oh you don't think it's just because the show is gathering steam, and we're just uh, on fire right now? <laughs> it's none of the. Oh, and I, oh, I totally forgot I was going to play my Obama song. Want me to uh, save it? Save it to Thursday. That's a teaser. Well, it's it's not really an, it's not a it's a it's a it's an old song. Well, don't blow it for us. We had everybody all up, you know, on pins and needles. <laughs> it's a good one. Uh, coming to you from Gitmo Nation East in Southwest London in the Crackpot Command Center. I'm Adam Curry, yeah, I'm, and I'm John C. Dvorak here in the Pacific Northwest, also known as the Gitmo Nation Pacific Northwest. I'm John C. Dvorak, as I said. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, right here on No Agenda.